0: Hello oh, and welcome to another episode of the Love Boat of Vikings podcast. I'm Matt Johnson, your host, and with me is the usual cast and crew. And one more, we have Preet, Tyler Carter, and guest Tanishka. Hi, Tanishka. Um, we're happy to have you. You have a big presence on Vikings Twitter. How are you doing?
1: Good. How about you?
0: Uh, doing really good after we came back from a 36-point, yeah. 33-point deficit against the Colts. Literally a record-breaking comeback. It's kind of been what the Vikings have been doing all year, but just to the absolute extreme, I thought the Bills game was going to be the best, but somehow it's been surpassed. So guys, I want to ask you, we'll start with Tanishka. What point were you kind of pulled back into this game? Because at half, we were down literally 33 points and plenty of people shut off the game. So what was the point where you kind of stopped, you know, doing chores around the house like I did or whatever and started paying attention to the game again?
1: It's like weird for me because we could be down like a hundred points, <laughs> and I would just not turn it off. Like I literally just still sit there. Like I I can't like move, which is weird. Like I should like I want to turn it off and I want to just be done with it, right. but I just can't stop watching. So that's the whole thing. So I was still watching the entire time. And I guess it was after JJ's touchdown that made it. That was the third touchdown, I think. Um, yeah, I think so. That was like at that point because we scored twenty one like so quick that it was like well now you're only down like two possessions so it might actually be possible. So um that's when I was like hmm maybe. And I mean a lot of it just like felt like the momentum was just on our side and US Bank was like insane because um nobody left. Like it was still packed in the second half. I don't know if you see that with like most of the other teams around the league. So just like the whole atmosphere there after we were only down like 15 at that point was just felt like If it's going to happen, like it can happen, like all hope is not lost.
0: You're totally spot on with like that. Once you get in that two score position difference spot, it's like, okay, maybe we can do this. But it was still a 15 score difference. so You still need that two point. So it's like, I don't know, maybe there's an asterisk with that two point difference.
1: My thing at that point was like they'll probably score that second touchdown and then just not get the two and then crush all of us right because that's what happens or you but... just yeah
0: you just miss the two and then it's like what a waste yeah, well even exactly. at that point i was thinking like okay at least we can make this like an interesting game or we can see you know how this offense plays when it's so far down you know let's get experimental with it and they just showed out uh pre mm-hmm. what was the point where you were like okay maybe we can do this
2: i um i have been burned by this team so many times in the past that i don't believe <laughs> i don't believe we could be down like 3 points and it's over it's i, I i'm ready to give up I'm just like, it, but like, after we stopped them on fourth down, I was believing. I thought after Chandon Sullivan's second touch, then he scored that was negated. I was like, okay, we're, we're, we're going to win this game. But, you know, they got negated for some stupid reason. And then after we stopped them on fourth and inches, I was like, okay, we can win this game. Because before I was wondering if we were really playing well offensively, or if they were just playing more laxed on defense. But. It's like Carter's going to talk about this earlier. He told me he was at my house watching the game. He kept saying, if there's one coach that's going to blow it, it's Jeff Saturday.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I want to ask Carter about that because that's a good take. But obviously, since he's not a Vikings fan, he's our unbiased, so to speak, person on the show. But when did you start seeing Jeff Saturday kind of roll back their offense or, you know, play their defense, put them into like a prevent situation? I mean, they challenged our that huge pass to KJ Osborne. And I was like, Jeff Saturday, why would you even challenge that? You're up by so much. But they overturned the catch still. And I was like this dick, but it didn't even matter in the end. So when did you see like the Jeff Saturday collapse start? (laughs) To me?
3: So honestly, I think it was, the first main offensive drive by the Colts, where they marched downfield and scored, was when they were hitting these intermediate routes, these big in routes, just big chunk plays that you're used to seeing Matt Ryan doing on the Falcons. And then after that, we hardly saw any of that for the rest of the game. The intermediate passing just disappeared. And that's kind of what gave me hope that the Vikings still had a shot the whole time. And you can ask Preet, there was a little bit where I would be kind of uh, clocked into TikTok. And right after Kirk Cousins threw the interception, about six minutes left, I looked up <laughs> and said, it's over. But for most of the game, I really had some marginal hope left. I was nowhere near as pessimistic as uh, Preet was being because I showed up to his house right as it was 17 nothing, And he was like, it's <laughs>
2: over. It's over. Yeah, he got there like it's three over. minutes late, and I was like, it's done. It's funny was... because
0: Preet's like, it's over when we're down three scores, but then when it's 33-0, to zero, he's like, oh, dude, maybe we can come back. It's yeah. so ass-backwards.
3: It, it's very interesting watching a game with him. I think because, that's just the Vikings
0: like, fan in him, though. Yeah,
3: yeah. I, I love it, though. But, man, I just – I didn't, you know, Preet said it earlier, but I was like, I wasn't even thinking about the Matt Ryan 28-3 to 3 choke. I was just looking. I was like, <laughs> there's no way Jeff Saturday can sustain this. Because I think one of the, the points that we were talking about in the game was like, I don't think he's a good enough coach to know how to construct a long drive that takes time off the clock while also being aggressive. And we saw that he literally – didn't it, it was just complete conservative play calling with just really nothing else and ultimately just you know they didn't put up enough points to do that if they had the same first half even if you know playing the same defense they did in the second half they would have won so to me they really started to fall apart after their the Colts first long drive with a lot of the intermediate passing because it literally just disappeared and died
2: and it also helped that you know Michael Pittman dropped like three catches that he usually hauls in they're beyond the sticks as well. He did not have a good game at all. And yeah, like I thought, kind
0: of, I thought um, he was having a good game just because the volume. But yeah, you're right.
2: Yeah, he no, wasn't like down with a lot. Carter can attest to this. I just pace around the entire game, I'm just walking around. I can't, I couldn't sit still. And then when we started getting back into it, like me and Carter were gone majority of like the third quarter. We went downstairs. That, that is an
3: important detail to add. We made pizza downstairs. We made pizza downstairs. <laughs> missed, we missed a touchdown or two.
2: <laughs> we, missed, we missed, the CJ Ham touchdown. And then my dad's like, "Oh, it's you know they scored two touchdowns. I was like, I oh, might as well watch up, go upstairs, you know, maybe see Nick Mullins get in the game, but." Thank God I didn't turn that off or tell Carter, you know, just it's 17, nothing. Turn your car back around and just go home because part of me was like, Carter, this is going to get really psychologically. I'm going to go into a psychologically dark place if we keep going like this.
0: I don't know, dude. It, getting blown out doesn't seem to have, have like at this no, stage of the season, like, you know, I guess the Lions are getting Jeff on our tail. Yeah. It's, and then That's it's also like I wasn't like worried the about negative. the Lions loss because like we have plenty of time to get a win still, but yeah, you're right. If it was Jeff Saturday.
3: And I mean, Hey, we saw this... today.
2: We saw today. Why his last season coaching a high school team? You went three and seven. Yeah. Cause bummer. I think, I think Carter can attest this. I think our coaches at Audrey Kell might have been better at a 33, nothing situation.
0: All right. Speaking of our coach, I want to talk about the elephant in the room. The fact that we were down 33 points at one point. I mean, that's a big, big topic for sure. Even though we ended up with like the ultimate win. So, I've been pretty disappointed in O'Connell for like six straight quarters. I want to say the whole lions game. I didn't love any of his offensive play calling. Like I didn't see a full quarter where I was happy. And then he started out this Colts game, obviously, obviously really poor. Um, We had a lot of aggressiveness where we didn't quite need it yet. And they kind of toned it back in the second half and played it. But he felt to me like this was the first game where I'm like, or the lions game too. That's six quarters where he actually felt like a rookie head coach. We hadn't seen that much. Tyler, do you think that he's going to adapt from this and maybe this was a big lesson to Kevin O'Connell? Obviously he's super intelligent and like a young coach that's going to review and improve, but yeah, do you think this is going to change what the next few games look like, you know, significantly?
4: I think he'll uh, improve for sure. I think the great thing about uh, Kevin O'Connell, especially early in the season is he was very creative, but he was also very sensible too. you know, we were in a lot of close games where running the ball was the best thing, even if it wasn't like the prettiest thing. And we've sort of gotten away from it a little bit since Bradbury got hurt. And I think he's yeah. just a huge part of our run game is just Garrett Bradbury. And there's a bit of a downgrade from him to a uh, Schlotman. So I think, although Michael, Dalvin cook had a great game to like uh, compensate for the lack of Bradbury in there. Um, but I, but I think it'll get better, especially in the playoffs. You want to wear down those yeah. defenses.
0: Tanishka, what did you kind of see on this offense that led to this huge uh, us being down 33 points in the first half that we haven't really seen? Like the Cowboys, mm-hmm. the Cowboys game was a big loss, but it didn't really yeah. take off until later. It wasn't one half. So what does what this offense look like? And how is it going to change Yeah, Go ahead.
1: A lot of it, just like, Derisaw being back, I think, was the main catalyst for us actually being able to run the ball. Um, Just like it'll definitely get better once Bradbury comes back, either hopefully this week or next. But um, just they haven't been able to run it well for a couple weeks now I think just like there's been volume but it's it hasn't been very productive it's just like pounding the rock um but I feel like this last game that was a lot better just because Darisaw was back and I think like the issue with Kevin O'Connell like some of him getting too cute is because like I think he's just overestimating how good Schlotman is because a lot of like the running up the middle and like important crucial situations are like third and short fourth and short like that might work with Bradbury but Schlotman is like not good. Um so cuz he's averaging like five pressures a game and he's started two games so that's kind of, that's been an issue with him in there but also like second half a lot of it um there were receivers that were open like the offense has struggled a lot this year in times when teams have been able to take away or at least contain Jefferson because like there hasn't been a number 2 that has stepped up in the past but Osborne right. did a really really good job with that um he got open and he was he kind of reminded me a lot of more of like where he was last year and a lot of like what we all hoped he would be this year just picking up off of that but that hadn't really he hadn't really shown up much at all this season until sunday so hopefully he continues on that trajectory now because uh without a legitimate second wide receiver option it's just hard to be productive all the time because your offense can't just run through one receiver no matter how good he is
0: yeah you were channeling my frustration well on Twitter with Osborne <laughs> I was totally on the boat of give Rager more snaps now <clears throat> I was under the impression they'd be like behind the line of scrimmage we'd seen some sweeps mm-hmm. and screens with him I was never down with this Aldrich Robinson although mm-hmm. Preet said that the other, se- the other day that Aldrick Robinson role would be fun. But is Rager that good of a deep threat? What was his kind of what was his uh draft prospects coming out? Was he seen as that?
2: He was supposed to be the next Sean Jackson. Yeah, yeah, well,
0: that didn't turn out. But <laughs> no. yeah, no, I really want to see him take over like those screens we were running to Jefferson, because Jefferson can do everything, but he's not the best with those behind mm-hmm. the
1: line. And I think the other thing with Jefferson is they've just gotta stop putting him in situations. I think Preet was talking about that a bit where like He's gonna get hit because Hospital he is balls. the franchise at this point, yeah. and like with screens and stuff, it's just basically inviting more con contact for those short yardage gains for the most part. And I think that there you can do it with Rager or Osborne or just like other receivers, but um, like Jefferson has taken an huge amount of hits, like just defenseless hits or just. I don't know how he hangs on to like most of the things he catches. It's It's just insane. It's
0: like one after another too, because they go to him so heavy when they need to, Mm -hmm. if they went to him on more contested balls. And I think this is a Kirk cousins thing, even though Kirk has been playing exceptional, I've been very happy with his performance for a non Kirk truther, but he doesn't seem to go to Jefferson in those tight spots unless like he needs to, which I think he should like start mixing in a little more to surprise defenses. Or we know Justin can come down with those, right? So, yeah. um, we'll definitely talk about Justin Jefferson a bit more later. But I just want to know: is our defense like good? Like that whole second half, we held them to three points. Is that well? Is that our defense, or is that one hundred percent Jeff Saturday's offensive play calling?
1: I think it's I don't think defense. you defense. I don't think you can say it's either. I think it's both because <laughs> the Colts have the worst offense in football. Matt Ryan has been literally like one of the worst if not the worst quarterbacks like efficiency wise this year I think but I do think that the defense wasn't as bad as people let on in the first half because you look at the scoreboard and you see like 33-0 or whatever it was but like how much of that was really the defense's fault because you had that block punt touchdown the first possession the special teams couldn't make a tackle the defense started near midfield or like past midfield and then the pick six so like yeah the defense really let up one actual offensive touchdown and then they just held them to a couple field goals so like i think more points in that first half were because of the special teams or offense messing up than the actual defense just being bad but again i don't think that the Colts are too much of a litmus test. Like, I can't say that the defense is good yet because they're not just right. a really bad offense. Um, I don't know how much we'll actually know after the Giants game either or even for the rest of the season. We're not really playing any good offenses, but... um I do like the patterns on defense, like pressing more. That, that This was the most they've blitzed all year. So like those are yes, good things that, nice that they can build off of because you can see Ed Donatel actually making adjustments. And that that's like all you can hope for at this point.
0: The adjustments came late, but they were uh, much welcomed. Uh, Tyler, what's your read on this defense just imploding in the first half and then locking down the Colts? Is it the same as what Tanishka said, or is it a little bit different?
4: I want to give the defense a lot of credit especially for holding up the way they did in the second half when you factor in, you know, just the exhaustion. And I'm not yeah. trying to take anything away from them. That being said though, literally any other coach <laughs> in the National Football League could probably put the nail in the coffin. Like <sighs> Jeff Saturday is and I said this last week, he he loves to run the football just a crazy amount. You know, he's a former center. He loves the run block. So that's just sort of his M.O. And I really think when uh, Jonathan Taylor uh, got hurt, that just really screwed with the Colts' ability to run the ball. Obviously, you know, Jonathan Taylor is great. But
0: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say Zach Moss was playing well, but obviously he's not a Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, he's
4: not going to take over the game. Like right. Zach Moss will get you some decent yards, but he's, he's just not going to. He doesn't have that same superstar factor, right? So I think this was the first time Saturday was in a position where it's like, okay, my uh, number one source of offense is gone. What do I do? And it really showed he continued to be conservative throughout the whole game, and the Vikings just racked up the points. So a lot of this was just the Colts being incompetent.
0: Bree, what's your read on our special team's just being god-awful like i've been loving our special teams you know besides the few missed pats by joseph i mean you guys know and if you've looked on twitter that there's a huge like campaign to get all of our special teamers into the pro bowl
2: (laughs) yeah they need to (laughs) they need to stop that they they need
0: to stop that but like what happened on saturday
2: uh that was just god-awful performances and it started on the first kickoff and it didn't really even subside till like I think the special teams was the by far the worst unit on the field yeah. with the blocked punt, the fake punt <laughs> fail, unable to make attack. The only, like we forget, we say like they scored three points in the second half. It was off like a 52 yard field goal and the special teams gave them the ball at the, like our own 40. So they only got like three or four yards that drive. Like I, they need to stop. I mean, like even Chris Boyd, like that face mask. I don't think he got him, but like,
0: yeah, it was a bad call, he, but still
2: he also, but he antagonizes other officials and players so much (laughs) that he's going to get the it's like uh, and it's I don't I mean I understand you talk your shit and all but it's not a good look when you're down like 36 to seven you're flexing after making one tackle like doesn't matter if you win bro it doesn't matter if you win but like at that point it's just like (laughs) no you're right you know and I mean if thank God for them Pro Bowl voting's done because if they were going to use this as their tape I don't think anyone would vote for them
1: (laughs) I think the special teams, like, it started out really well this year with, like, the coverage, with, like, the punt coverage, the kick coverage, yeah. but, like, recently, and not just last week, like, Detroit too, and then just, like, the last couple weeks, it hasn't been very good. Like, the field position game, I don't have a stat for this, but um, it just feels like opponents are starting way like past the 25 or just like we're never winning the field position game because of the special teams unit. And um, I think the strength of their unit is obviously the return game is pretty good. I think Rager has been doing right. a pretty good job too. um and has been Ryan great Wright's, when they
0: actually kick it to him.
1: For sure. And then Ryan Wright is, has been pretty solid as well. Um, but I think it's just like a lot of it's just fundamentals, like it, just not tackling missing tackles and, um a lot of like what i think made people believe the special teams unit was this good early in the year was because i think there were like 3 games in a row where we got fumble recoveries on special teams um i mean obviously that's not sustainable and opponents are not just going to drop the ball every week but um it just has to be better and it, it just starts with the gunner and it just starts with making your tackles because if the opponents are going to start like at the 35 40 yard line every single time that that's just that's why you you allow, like, points every drive, too, so.
2: Yeah, they averaged 35 yards on kick returns, which is just That's awful, unacceptable. Like,
0: yeah, the coverage has been terrible.
2: Yeah. At
1: yeah. least
0: our kicker and punter have been well, doing well, but th- mean, the coverage has to change.
2: Also not the best Ryan Wright game, if you want to look yeah, at Yeah, but
0: the he's still a rookie, and he had that one botched punt early in the season, and he's been pretty solid since.
2: I, I mean, yeah, but this Ryan is the worst game of the year. Undoubtedly, this is where. Oh, game of the speaking year. of oh, punter and pass. kicker,
0: go! Oh yeah, that's true.
2: He, he. Yeah, he lost his perfect passer rating this week.
0: But we need an apology uh, to Greg Joseph from Tyler. I think.
2: Yeah,
4: Greg <laughs> Joseph played. He was pretty clutched last week. Oh. I mean, to be fair, it's also a forty yarder. That's dude. If he had missed one he had missed one
0: PAT. We would have lost. To be yeah, fair, so
4: that's true. Greg Joseph, but he you're off, to be off the,
0: you're off the hook this week. He's off the hook. Okay. He's Greg off the hook. He inevitably misses.
2: He's, He's in the off playoffs. the hook. And, yeah, he inevitably misses. He shanks a kick in the playoffs in the world. Probably. I mean, if, he,
4: if he wins us the Super Bowl on a game-winning field goal, I'll I'll drop
0: everything. You could tell. I feel we'll like it's everything. obvious that they don't have as much yeah. trust in him, though, for those like field goals. We've been seeing some pretty conservative punts. um Um,
2: yeah yeah we punted and it was gonna be like a 55 yard kick which he has the range but his long 56 and it's in an indoor stadium it's at favorable conditions you'd expect you know if you're aggressive you're gonna go for that punt but or not punt you're gonna go for the kick but i guess they don't really trust him in longer situations which if you look at some of the other teams butker has had a rough year but he's at least you can call you can say he can make most kicks like that uh the Tyler Bass is a good kicker, too. What these teams have is once they cross the 50, they're at least a threat to score three points, and I don't think we're really there.
0: All right, let's move into one other thing I want to talk about before we move on to the Giants preview of section of the show. Uh, Tanishka loves Justin Jefferson, so it's as good as time to any to talk about him. I'm <laughs> going to probably ask all of you guys. Carter, you've been talking a bit, so I'll just start with you. Do you think that Justin Jefferson is going to break the record for most receiving yards in the season? Obviously, he gets one additional game than Calvin Johnson's record. That's been all the talk, but that doesn't change the fact that it's still like the record breaking season. It's going to happen eventually. Why not the first season? So what what are your thoughts on him averaging 113.7 yards a game going forward? Yeah.
3: You know, it's completely realistic because I think there's a good chance that the next two games are competitive and then the playoff race will sort itself out. And that last game may not even be needed or it may just be completely null because the yeah. Vikings are resting starters. We're still a little too far to tell, but it is just right on the horizon. And to me, I mean, y'all are going to hate my answer. I think it's cool if he breaks <laughs> it, but man, I just love Megatron. I, I want to <laughs> see him hold that record still, especially just in the 16th The game only game, meaningful
2: that. thing in his career. Hey, he still hey, has it. He you, still has you, the. You leave Calvin game.
3: alone, okay? I, I'll he
2: leave Calvin perfect. alone when people stop pretending like Matt Stafford didn't have any help in Detroit. He had Dude. Megatron. He had Golden Tate. He had he had so much help, and people just. Uh, uh, I mentioned. don't know
0: about so much.
2: It was Detroit. It's yeah, and look what Jared Goff is doing with Amon Ross St. Brown. And, well, Detroit uh, De- Monra St. Brown is great. And Brock, Wright. Yeah, but he's not as good as like that version of Golden Tate or Megatron.
0: No, but they have. But there's no
3: point in Matt Stafford's career where he had the O line that Jared Goff does now.
2: Carter, that doesn't suit my narrative, coach. so I won't acknowledge it. Perception <laughs> is
3: strong right now. But no, man, I, I kind of want to see him keep it, but I think Justin Jefferson's like a great guy, so I'd be fine if he gets it, see all the stat graphics the NFL
2: chooses to post about it. So. He's a great guy, despite, you know, maybe having an unborn child. Okay. <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> we won't have any J.J. slander.
2: I was just going to uh-huh. ignore it. <laughs> I, I had to. I had to do it.
0: I don't even know this story. What is it?
2: Wait, have you not seen it? Like, the, the, It's like, not no. even true. Do, do the
0: SparkNotes version of this rumor
2: he allegedly got a new york city stripper pregnant oh and she keeps, she's on vikings twitter trying to go like get child support and he ate, for like, her <laughs> he's trying to pay her to get an abortion no, we'll see
0: what happens uh uh tanishka what's your take on jefferson and this record i mean i don't know if it's a record that's going to be in the books long but it's pretty awesome it's our you're guy jamar and chase three. is
2: gonna break it next year just that'd be Christmas that would almost. be cool dude
1: i mean i also wouldn't be off, surprised if yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Jefferson did hit 2K this year and then do it again at some point in his career, too. But um, I think a lot of it depends on week 18. Like, are they going to play against the Bears? But I feel like at this point, you just have to win out because... um the because the Niners are a game behind you with the tiebreaker so and it's pretty the one
2: seat still up too with Hurts missing two yeah. yeah we will talk and about I think that after this probably
1: the Niners like schedule is pretty favorable for them too to the point where I think that they could win out so you want to just control your own destiny and um probably just end up playing starters the next three weeks and get those three wins and be guaranteed that extra home game if it comes down to it so um I can if see that's the 49 Niners
0: losing to the commanders though
2: I could but I like,
1: could, but I doubt it.
2: I doubt but, it. And also, like going off that, that two seed's really important, especially if you're playing rookie seventh round pick Brock Purdy at home in US Bank Stadium, one of the loudest places to play. Like that's and with Darius Smith and Daniil Hunter off the edge just on third downs with all that miscommunication going on, that would be so important. Like yeah. you can not undersell it. On
1: that point, like Preet said, the one seed might I don't know if it's like up for grabs, but I mean crazier things have happened because if hurts doesn't play this week and uh the cowboys probably win then they're just 1.5 games ahead i think they'd need to lose out i'm not sure about that but
2: potentially two games he's out against Mm -hmm. he's probably out against the cowboys and the saints is what they're saying yeah
1: i mean crazier things have happened you never know so at that point you just want to play your starters all three weeks and get those three wins and then just let destiny take care of itself but I mean he, at least guarantee yourself the two seed at that point but, but
4: they remember play the, the Eagles still have like a really good team around them and Gardner Minshew he's not too shabby so I wouldn't they be surprised if he Foles
0: and Nick
3: Foles. Awful. He's not no, awful, he's but not He's awful. Not, this awful. Is not great. great. I There's won't no have any Gardner Minshew. Preet is not a huge fan. I'm not this I I know. Before and after our
2: last podcast, no, there I'm might not be an anti Gardner Minshew be... guy, but I just don't I think, think he's as good as people There's
0: think. There's not, he not he that many is. backups better than him, though. Like, we're talking backup quarterback, right? Obviously, he's not as The Niners have
2: two. The Niners have two in Jimmy G and Purdy. Well, they had no idea Purdy was. I mean, but is he better? Yes. That's two right there. Purdy has a pretty
0: good Mitchell. team around him.
2: So no does Gardner Minshew. Yeah,
0: yeah but no, that's what I'm saying. Minshew is good. In Minshew can be good though. with that team. Like, he went one and fifteen.
2: He went like or two and two and fifteen. Yeah, but the stats were good. Like, like he wasn't yeah a problem, yeah. But, but what's the team around? Yeah, him. but what's the what's the biggest criticism about Kirkman is he's not a winner, really, and the stats are good. The stats don't really matter Her, if it's not. Kirk has
3: been in better situations most of his career than Gardner has.
2: I, I I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I don't think I don't rate Gardner or Minshew that highly. I hope he does it for Mike Leach, not going to lie, but I don't rate him that highly. i um, I like to think that I look
3: like Gardner Minshew, so I feel like that's... Oh, always, shoot, Carter. Do you, like do, you that, do you have that
2: picture still? Do you have that picture
3: of you with just the I, mustache and the head? I do. We'll, we'll, we'll play it for all of our uh, non-audio listeners. We'll tweet it out. Podcast. We'll tweet it out, maybe. Well, yeah. yeah, On that is. point,
1: though, if, the, if Gardner Minshew does come in and the Eagles win, like, two of their next three or all three potentially then i mean hurts and his mvp bid just kind of take a hit
0: true so. yeah that's kind of which i love jalen hurts so that kind of disappoints me seeing him go out without you know that shot at the mvp although i think pat mahomes is just going to win it
2: but. good i mean here's the thing is with, <laughs> oh, jalen, <man. laughs> with jalen hurts out he also like you guys underestimate how much of the running game that's gone and yeah. the Eagles are still a yeah. run-first team at the end of the day. Yeah. Like, I don't think you want Gardner Minshew dropping back like thirty times a game trying to throw to <laughs> AJ Brown or Devontae Smith. But and they also, do have you a don't great want line You like, don't want yeah, healthy. but you don't want Miles Sanders to run the ball fifteen to twenty, or you don't want to run thirty like twenty to thirty times a game. The entire strength of that's built on how many runners they have and do they really keep people fresh?
0: Yeah, the Eagles have the Cowboys, the Saints, and the Giants. Even with Gardner Minshew, I could see them winning two out of the next three. They could lose to the Giants and Cowboys, but still. I don't I, know. I
3: will give them some credit, though, with having Gardner in the game. Because the last year he came in, they didn't have a whole lot of tape on how they'd run that offense. And it was fairly different, and they filtered it around his skills pretty well, all things considered. So I don't want to just completely discount him there. But, you know, who knows? Like, it can be completely different. The Cowboys just come out and smoke him. And that might make Preet
2: the winner of this argument. But, I mean, but... no, it doesn't because the Cowboys' defense is the best in the NFL. I think it's more about how he performs against the It's Saints.
1: been pretty awful for the last couple of weeks. And a lot of the because Anthony Brown got hurt and they've been struggling at corners. So that's. You've all,
2: baby. Noticeable. <laughs> Carter's a Jacksonville fan if that didn't, or partially, I watched the
0: end of that game. It was awesome watching that. There were yeah. a lot of crazy endings
2: on this weekend. Yeah. It was three week. Three weeks, three games oh, this week of 17 point or more comebacks. That's crazy. It really has just
3: been a great, just overall year for the NFL.
2: Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. If you start like, watching this season, you've game wise, it's been amazing. Tyler, the thing did is, you we've something? played in two of the like, yeah, best games of the year.
4: Yeah, yeah. As the resident Florida man, I, I have to defend <laughs> that the Jaguars fits you just well. a little bit. I'm, I'm with Carter on that.
0: Okay, great ad. Um, <laughs> 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 let's uh start moving into the preview for the Vikings and Giants. I'm I kind of want to win out now you know at first I was like I don't care obviously the Eagles are going to be ahead of us for the first seed but now I'm getting kind of hyped for you know at least the chase to try to get the first seed that would be I think really good for this team getting another buy under their belt so I want to ask you guys we're playing the Giants who are not a bad team they're kind of like the Vikings light in my opinion like They've been seen as frauds, but they still have a winning record. They're in a tough division, unlike us. So, Tanishka, what do you think, kind of going into this game, that the Vikings need to do to impress you against the Giants and, like, the amazing coaching they've had from Dable?
1: Yeah, I think Dable has been amazing this year because when you just look at the Giants roster, there's not a whole lot there, especially offensively. Like, obviously, Barkley is awesome. Andrew Thomas is great. But... I mean, the rest of that offensive line has struggled a lot this year. They don't have a single good wide receiver or tight end for that matter. So um, it's been really, really cool to see what Dable has done. And honestly, same with Daniel Jones, because um, I I do like Daniel Jones a lot. Um, And I think that he's played very well, given the circumstances, too, because like, having a good running back is important but when you have literally nobody to throw to but making it work with richie james and like isaiah Hodgins, i think like that that's good
2: don't forget slayton Uh, my man there is god
1: (laughs) isn't
2: auburn legend
1: defensively like that d line is really really good um and that whole unit plays really hard so i i don't know um How it'll be with like I don't know if all their DBs are playing because I know they've been really banged up there, but um, depending on that too, I just don't know if they have enough firepower to really be able to stop us offensively unless we completely no show, which
0: like we did the first half of this last yeah,
1: like if something like that happens, (laughs) I don't know, but like on paper personnel wise, I just don't see how I should be scared of the Giants, and maybe that's just me being kind of cocky or overconfident, but like just like I I'm still a little bit like I know a lot of people look at the Vikings and be like how do they have 11 wins again that's kind of how where I am with the Giants like I'm not really sure how they have eight wins
2: and they just came off a skid too they went from like seven and one to like seven six and one or something crazy I I agree with you this is a game though I think we're gonna need Garrett Bradbury back because they're the they're like their defensive front's very good we saw Kayvon Thibodeau's coming out party Aziz Adjulari's no slouch they got Landry Williams in the middle. This is a, this is Dexter the exact Lawrence. Type. Dexter Yeah. Dexter Lawrence, Lawrence yeah. too. Don't forget about him. This is a game where you need Garrett Bradbury back and that's, that could be the big game changer here with their offense. The thing I'm actually really interested to see, I know the entire hype is going to be on Saquon Barkley. Daniel Jones is a rusher because we haven't seen how this defense is going to handle running quarterbacks. We saw fields was able to run against us. We saw Hertz was able to run against us. I want to see how they've improved in that aspect. Cause in the playoffs, you're probably going to play these guys again. There's a good chance you could play them again, or you could play Heinecke who's also pretty mobile, and you could play maybe uh, Hertz. You're going to probably need to play Hertz or Dak Prescott, so you got to deal with running quarterbacks. So that's what I'm interested to see there too.
0: Uh Tyler, what are your thoughts on this face, uh, this face-off against the Giants, wrapping up the season, and you know, Saquon Barkley has been pr- kind of having a comeback season. He's been a little slowed down lately, it looks like, from the stats, but I haven't been watching, I'll admit. But are we going to – is our run defense, I should say, good enough to kind of stop that and limit Daniel Jones?
4: I I want to piggyback on what Preet said, because I'm, I'm going to write about it this week, is the Vikings have this opportunity to sort of show how they can handle the running quarterback. And you said that – uh the Giants were sort of like the mini Vikings. I think they're the mini Eagles, you know, in some aspects where they've got the running quarterback, you know, not <laughs> as explosive as Hertz, but I mean, Saquon's a lot better than Miles Sanders. Right. So they, they're a threat on the ground game, but also just the quick passing game too is sort of an element, like an extension of the run game. Uh, that will be really challenging considering we've been really inconsistent with uh, bringing pressure and our secondary is toast so i mean duke shelley and patrick peterson are the like the only things in harrison smith but everything else is just
2: garbage dude off. i love duke shelley ham
0: Danzler might be fully <laughs> yeah. healthy again though so he might get duke start, shelley
2: duke shelley is so great he's an epitome of that <laughs> he got that dog in him meme and i love him so yeah. much he's like i don't want to say like he's changed the defense but he's kind of changed the defense a little bit
0: It's kind of impressive to have a plug-and-play guy from a practice squad, and then that brings another aspect of attitude, kind of along with like the Patrick Peterson thing.
4: But this is a huge game for the Vikings, too, because I think if they lose, they're going to see the Giants in the playoffs. Like The Vikings will be the three-seed, the Giants will be the six-seed.
1: I think the Lions will be the six. that matter?
2: Yeah, I think they're winning out. They're going to be a 10-win team. They could. They don't have any hard matchups left
4: it's just going to be a huge game for the Vikings and i they they really need to win this in my opinion so that's all i'm going to say so, i think
2: this team can't afford to lose if you want to win the super bowl you can't afford to lose any of these games you can't afford yeah. to lose till next season in my opinion
0: <laughs> that's fair yeah. Uh, Good, Carter. Great
3: analysis. If you want to win
2: the Super Bowl, <laughs> you cannot lose. Ever. No, no. I'm, Te- talking about I'm, talking we... about these, I'm talking about these next three games. No, I know. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> I know. I know you are, and I love you
4: for that. But... 100% no, but it... of the time, if you lose in the playoffs, you don't win the Super Bowl.
0: Hard mm-hmm. hitting.
2: Great Carter, analysis.
0: I want you to transition us into our prediction segment, but I also want to see if you have a take on this emotional win the Giants just came out of and you know, the Vikings are coming out of a huge emotional win and we saw them just get smoked by the by the Cowboys after that Bills game. So is there is that going to play a losses. role? Wait, all yeah. of our
2: losses have come off emotional wins if you look at it. For real. And but I think that's, fair, a, that's I us think, being a
0: young team too, I think. To
2: be fair, also, I don't think there's been a, a non-emotional win this year.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's fair. So, Carter, what is kind of your look at this game and do you think that's going to play a role?
3: I really don't know what to really think about this. Because, like, the Giants were so close to losing their game, too. Right. And I just don't know if I have, like, a great feeling about this. You know, the Vikings have proven to me that, like we all said, I always predict I feel like the almost the opposite of what happens most of the time after after a um big emotional one. I'm like, this is the week. They finally put it together. <laughs> I'm not like trying you. to believe that. I don't think they will put it together. I think this is – what they have put together, I think these close games are honestly what has built this team's identity, like completely. Yeah, like, I don't think this team is ever it's going to be together. going for.
2: This team's As gonna I have guess. to one score to the end, buddy. What'd you, know, you say? This team's gonna be one of those teams that has to one score to the end. This, oh, I don't think this team's ever sure. putting it together.
3: Yeah, I I don't feel like good about this game at all. They have a the Giants have a lot of momentum coming in, and sure, you can say it's the opposite of the Cowboys after they got blown out by the Packers the week before, but I really don't know exactly what to think at this point. To be fair, the Giants
2: also got bailed out quite a lot that last game. Oh, 100%. But um,
3: I would like – I feel like my analysis of the Vikings, and I've said it in the past, is just they're consistently inconsistent. They're the definition of a gambling addiction. Yeah, that's just how I look at it. And I think that is the identity that they like.
0: (laughs) So are you picking the Giants? Because this is your official prediction to either go ahead at 11 and
2: three. I I was hoping you just
3: kind of wouldn't ask me because I'll be honest, (laughs) this is the game I feel the least confident about.
0: So we count, we'll chalk it up. You could predict a tie.
2: You could predict indifference. You could just just say indifference, Carter. I'll uh, I'll
3: be honest. I think I'm going to go with the Vikings this, or excuse me, the. um, Oh my God. I'm going to (laughs) go.
2: I was about to say, if Sorry. you did that entire thing, just to pick the Vikings. No, I, think,
3: I, I feel I I don't know what it is. I feel like maybe it's because I feel nothing about this game, but I think I'm just going to go with the Giants for the sake of going with the Giants. For the
0: predictions, you know, I think about this through the week because I got to catch up to Carter and I want to win, obviously. You know, we're competitive here. <laughs> it's so hard for me to predict against the Vikings at this point, And obviously my bias is showing, but it's... Man, they... I picked them against the Bills, and I feel like I've been just riding that high this whole season. Now, yeah. so I, th- I think I'm gonna go with the Vikings because, like, they're just not out of any game. Like, if they're gonna lose a game this season, you know, barring rest starters, I still think it's probably gonna be like the Bears. You know, the le- the one you least expect. But
2: the Packers at home. Or I, would, I would. I oh, would like to quickly
3: add that if Daniel Jones scrambles correctly, he is gonna give this team huge problem oh i believe that yeah because but
2: daniel jones can't really... do anything correctly that's true that's, that's true correct <laughs> scrambling
0: <laughs> but i don't know if he just looks like it or not but it just looks like he's always improvising every single play and i think I that's just like, like the be eli fair, manning be thing to be fair yeah, when so, you've
2: been yeah. hit as much as that man has <laughs> in his first two years you'd want to improvise too
0: like he just reminds me of a young kirk where he just looks unnatural but <laughs> like he's not bad
2: Kirk still, kind of, looks not... Kirk still kind of looks unnatural.
0: I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, they're just weird, <laughs> weird <laughs> quarterbacks. Uh, so I am picking the Vikings. Preet, what's your prediction? We'll do Tyler and then to Nisho. see
2: you guys are missing one key aspect of this game, and that is it's going to be a whiteout. The Vikings have already yeah. said every fan wear white in that stadium. And if it is done right, Okay, that promo holy,
0: video is so cool.
2: Holy fucking shit, guys. If it is done right. It's going to be like Penn State's whiteout game where it's just everyone in white. Yes, yes, it's going to be like that game. They got to
0: hand out like ponchos or something to like force people to wear white white t shirts.
1: Yeah, Yeah, you got to.
2: Here's the thing is how, like, and I know Saquon Bark is a Penn State guy, so it might not be as much in, but like, how terrifying is it to go into a stadium, everyone's wearing white, and it's going to be like almost a college atmosphere, in my opinion, which will be really, really interesting. They've
0: nailed down that soccer atmosphere with the skull chant for one i think it's like a such a yeah. unique feeling in that stadium that it actually mm-hmm. it, it is a role so you're picking the vikings right?
2: yeah i was also gonna say like after this big of a win this team's not gonna like this this crowd is gonna be like on this team's back and you know we might not have people tailgating at 9 a.m like some vikings twitter fans <laughs> would like but hey i think this this crowd will get us into it dude i was, was talking to win.
0: tailgaters before the cowboys game i was working on a school assignment that was also a podcast I was walking around the tailgaters before the Cowboys game. Thank God I did it before the game because people were hyped up, and obviously we know the result of that. But I don't it's know. crazy.
1: People were still after that Bills game. game. People were so hyped. I yes, don't blame them. The
0: tailgaters were crazy. So dude, after but that,
2: I was begging us to get OBJ and just go all in. Yeah, I'd still want it though. I still want OBJ if he can come back and. Like,
0: uh, Tyler, teams. let's do your prediction, and then finish off with Tanishka, and then we'll go into Super Gremlin.
4: So both of these teams are coming off emotional wins, right? And right. I just I'm basing this off of which team had the more emotional win. <laughs> you, you've got the Giants winning a close game against the Commies,
2: the divisional and,
4: rival, and then you've got the Vikings who completed the largest comeback in NFL history. So which one do you think the media is going to be chomping up a bit more? Probably Dude, the Vikings, which means they haven't been talking
0: about the Vikings at all this
2: week. They just they'll, they'll be chomping the at the bit to call us a fraud. Yeah, huh? will chomp it the bit to cause a fraud. I don't know enough. if you've
0: been well, looking at the media; they haven't been talking about the Vikings at all.
2: Yeah, they don't care. I mean, Pat McAfee Tyler. being the Colts Tyler, fan. Pat, Pat McAfee's is, not, he's not the media. He's, he's
0: not basically media. a, he's a new fan media. At this point. He's
4: like Draymond,
0: and here. he's a Colts fan. So, yeah. but,
4: but look, I, <laughs> I just with the North already clinched for the Vikings, the, the Lions, or not the Lions, the uh, Giants haven't really guaranteed anything. I think they'll play with a bit more of an edge and I think that quick passing game for New York is going to kill our secondary. So I've got the Giants in the close one.
0: Okay Tyler has Giants Tanishka what's yours and you are competing against two other guests that are both 1-0 and 0, so keep that in mind.
1: Awesome. No pressure. <laughs> no
0: pressure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right I, I got the Vikings. I just don't think you can bet against just like what this team just I get the whole emotional win thing but I feel like there isn't really a thing as like a more emotional win; they're both just emotional wins. So that, in its sense, just like I guess, cancels each other out. I just think that they're just a better team than the Giants. Um, and I'd also argue I think the
2: Giants' win was more emotional if you saw them celebrating the locker room. Yeah, that
1: that was but, their Super Bowl. <laughs>
2: hang the banner. Um,
1: I think that just how we match up with the Giants, especially if they're going to be playing backup DBs again, um. I think it's just very favorable for us all across the board. Like our secondaries are a weakness on defense. They don't have any good receivers or tight ends. Um, I mean, now that I say this, Richie James will probably just go for like a hundred, but very
2: um, slate and legacy game, very <laughs> Slayton drop number 45.
1: <laughs> is that? Um, but I, I still think that the Vikings will win. I think they know what the stakes are too, with just needing to keep winning to hang on to that two seed and um, just what Preet said about like this being a whole whiteout game, I just feel like this is like one of those games where the energy is just there, and this might be the closest that you see them put together like as a complete game because I don't really think it's easy to play complete games on the road against divisional rivals, no matter how bad they are. But um,
0: you're getting me hyped I feel up. Like-
1: <laughs> yeah, I feel like this is also the this closest because I don't think they will ever play like a complete game too, just because I don't think they're talented enough to, which is a different story. But um, this, I don't know if I'm going to say one score or two score or anything, but I think they, That's they win.
0: That's, uh, yeah, dude, after seeing the locker room with Kevin O'Connell, I was so hyped and it's just, there's so yeah. much heart in this locker room. It's so different than the Zimmer years and it's different Here than any me- other team I've watched.
2: KOC reminds me of like a real-life Ted Lasso. if you guys have seen that show.
0: I haven't, but you say that a lot, so I'll trust you on that one. Uh, <laughs> Carter, do you want to introduce Super Gremlin of the Week, and then we'll close out with that?
3: Of course. Super Gremlin of the Week is our segment where we basically get to talk about nothing related to Vikings. Mm-hmm. Occasionally, I guess it can cross over. But coined by Antonio Brown himself when he ran out of MetLife Stadium, referring himself as a Super Gremlin on Twitter. Um, And I guess my Super Kremlin nomination of the week is going <laughs> to be the Jacoby Myers. Now we're going to talk about this a little bit later as well, but yeah, I'll go after I'm sure you, we right? all know there's no reason to summarize the play. It is now probably overthrown the cult fake punt against the Patriots. As <laughs> one of the worst plays in NFL history. And it's almost ironic that the Patriots had it. And I was listening to McAfee earlier on. It's like, it's it's just poetry. The Patriots get the worst play ran against them and then they get the worst play of all time. So and if the pattern ends up lining up, um, we should get the Raiders having one of the worst plays of all time in like seven years. So I'll be looking forward to that. I'll have my McDaniels as their
2: coach. The, the Raiders
0: do it on a week to week basis already. So <laughs> it'll, it'll be quicker That's
3: than true. that. that.
2: But I just, uh, I mean, good grief. That you just... can tell, you can really tell that Jacoby Myers is a quarterback based on how perfect that spiral <laughs> I'm was. I'm watching right it right now. Hand.
0: <laughs> was it supposed to go to Mac? What was the play there? Yeah. Yeah, what does he think was. Mac's
2: going to do? Does he think Mac's going to truck Okay,
0: <laughs> I'll just transition into mine. Chandler Jones is my super gremlin of the week because he caught that perfectly spiraled pass from Jacoby Myers. And the moment he grabbed a hold of that ball, he stiffed arm Mac Jones completely into the earth. <laughs> I don't know, dude, it's he just got sent to the shadow realm on that one. And obviously, I don't expect Mac Jones to have a chance against Chandler Jones, but it seems like just such a nasty move because he was drafted by the Patriots, obviously, and he's been passed around, albeit, you know, he's always been a very good player, but that's just hilarious. Yeah. Well, he's on the Raiders. He slammed Mac Jones so hard (laughs) in the ground, dude, and Mac Jones just gives up immediately. It's hilarious. But yeah, no, it was nasty and it was just the worst play I've ever seen.
2: It kind of reminded me of the Miami Miracle where broken down Gronk is trying to tackle and you get just like, dude, you you ain't built for this.
0: (laughs) No, that is a poetic end of the Patriots season, I think. Although they're still in a playoff spot, right? If the season ended right now.
2: No, Uh, they're at the
0: they They're They're just just out. No, they're just out. Okay, uh, Preet, let's hear your ridiculous segmented <laughs> World Cup take of Super Grim of the Week.
2: Yeah, Sergio Aguero's mine, Argentina legend, 35-year-old striker. He had to retire last year with a heart problem. He was a really integral piece of their team. So when they won, it was really heartwarming that they let him. He was at the stadium. He was celebrated with the team. He was with the team the entire World Cup, just watching them. And then he goes, you know, that's cool and all, you know, really nice letting him celebrate. He goes in the locker room and he starts an IG Live. And he just starts calling out he's a thirty five-year-old man starting to call out this 20-year-old French player named Edward Kamavinga and calls him Kama de Pinga, which means dick faced, for no no reason whatsoever. They've never had beef <laughs> at all. Like this guy's the nicest guy in the world, apparently, Kamavinga is. And he's just like beefing with a 20-year-old who's accomplished as much in his career as Sergio Aguero has. And he didn't play for the team and he showed up wearing like a jersey. It just felt insane. But that's it's my like straight
4: remember. out of like a Call of Duty lobby where you just hurl insults at people for the fun of it.
2: But, like, if he played, I understand. Like, he didn't even play. What are you <laughs> doing? You're arguing with a 20 year old. Work like a like... guy
4: who got like no kills in last place on his team, but his team won. So he's just hurling.
2: Oh, just yeah. Hurling no, no. Place. And he's like, he was like, he has like a heart problem. He was like, seen in the locker room with like this massive cigarette smoking. And it's like, dog, <laughs> what are you doing? Oh,
0: uh, beside my better judgment, let's go with Tyler for your super grandmother. <laughs>
2: so
1: uh, this K- is interesting, Ron
2: though. curse.
4: Oh man. So he was very quick to, uh, make his feelings known about the Vikings. And he's been doing that consistently for a long time. But we were down 33 to zero. He's laughing on Twitter. And then he's like, wow. Oh my gosh. The Vikings won. And not only that, but the, um, the Cowboys just completely choked the game away against the Jaguars, which just makes it all the more sweet that the guy talking all that crap just had it completely backfire on him. He said the Cowboys performance was just completely embarrassing. And it's, if I go in here, I guarantee you, it's just going to be a bunch of Vikings fans clowning him. Yep. First picture is Kirk cousins is looking straight up with his mouth open. I think you've seen the image, but Jaron curse the Vikings live rent free in his head and he is my super gremlin of the week.
1: I think it's t- funny too on that because he was the <laughs> one that couldn't tackle Evan Ingram inbounds and then the Jags could eventually kick that game tying field goal. So He's had a <laughs> rough couple
2: of weeks man.
0: <laughs> he has a role yeah. in that defense though which is kind of fun to watch if he wasn't such a dick.
1: Yeah that's true.
0: Uh, yeah, Tanishka, what is your submission for your super gremlin of the week?
1: Ooh, mine is just that Bucks game. Like the Bucks were up 17 <sighs> and and everyone was like, what's going on with the Bengals? <laughs> and then Tom Brady, like, well, it started with that fake punt, which there was just really no reason to do. But then Tom Brady has four straight turnovers was the two interceptions and the two fumbles and the Bengals scored 34 unanswered. So it was just like at first, the first half that we were watching was like, Oh, this seems like the bucks that we like, know, like the good bucks that might just be a threat in the playoffs. And then um, the second half just comes around and scoring 34 unanswered, like regardless of how it happens is incredibly hard. So um, I think, Just my this is like I I really love the Bengals like, um, I probably do root for them in the AFC like out of like any other team. So I feel like I just don't understand why they don't necessarily like I know they started slow this year and stuff, but I feel like they should be one of those teams that deserve as much respect as like Buffalo or Kansas City like at the top of the AFC because I think they're just as good if not better than. Uh, those teams, they already beat Kansas City this year, and then I think they play Buffalo this week or next. So that, that should be an interesting one, too. Yeah, I was watching that game.
0: Seed. Yeah, they could. I was watching that game, and, you know, I was doing homework at the same time because finals are wrapping up. And I saw the score was 3-17, to Cincinnati down. And then I literally looked down to work on homework, like to do a little bit of grinding. And then I look up. Literally, the next time I look up is 20-17, to Cincinnati <clears> was <throat> leading. And that was what? I don't even know how long that took, like 10 minutes at the most. That
1: not might any. have been the worst half of football that Tom Brady has ever played. Because four is. turnovers, that's just unbelievable.
2: He's not beating the washed allegations. Nope. <laughs> it's happening. He's only reinforcing them. Hey, just wait till the Panthers storm the NFC
3: South. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the I, I
3: kind of want players. it to happen.
2: I to right. win. I don't. We He's don't quarterback. To, first. We do
3: not deserve to after losing to the Steelers. Like, no, it's, it's not about fair, who deserves fair. to win. It's about nobody who's deserves it. To.
2: Nobody yeah, deserves so. it. Like yeah. honestly, just have the Lions play as the three seed. Like no, the, the Lions, Lions have, been, have talking been talking too much. Lions have been talking too much. They came out of the woodwork for the first time in a decade.
0: It must be the Dan Campbell effect. I can't attribute it to anything else.
2: No, it's a suppressed sadness. Or, yeah, they live in Detroit. They don't have anything else to look forward to in their lives. This is We've like so 25 respectful years of fans straight
0: and now I suppressed
4: feel- anger all built up, and it's just unleashed because they're finally. And it's why is it targeted against,
0: against us? Target the Packers, bro. I don't know. It's because because
1: they thought they've... they could win the division. Yeah,
2: they had that <laughs> they like did.
1: little thing in the back of their minds being like, oh, yeah, the for Vikings a week will choke and we're hit, we're up next or whatever. And yeah. then yeah,
2: also because they were like, oh, they they traded us JMO and all that shit. The all right, well, honorary. Well, is what is with
1: the hawk hate? Yeah,
0: yeah. Honorary <laughs> Super grumman of the Week is Lions fans. Uh, that's yes. the show. Thank you so Just much. Just Detroit for in general. Okay, thank you a for saying that. Yep. Keep interrupting me. Uh, I will. Tanishka, I thanks so much for coming on. If you want to plug your Twitter. And then... Yeah,
1: my Twitter is basically just my name. And then there's three A's at the last A for Tanishka.
0: You might want to. Oh, is it just Tanishka? I didn't know if your last yeah. name was part of it. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, no, it's not. Cool. Uh, thanks so much for coming on. Happy to have you. And we're looking for more Twitter guests eventually down the road. Uh, check her out. She posts a lot about Vikings. Interesting follow, <laughs> to say the least. And uh, <laughs> that's the show, Preet, if you want. End the show with your every episode bullshit, and then we'll let you go.
2: You have just completed your voyage on the love boat.
0: Just as bad as every week. All right, bye. Hey, Carter didn't jump in
2: this time, baby. I thought Carter was a so bunch of That's fun. why it I wasn't good. Yourself,
0: it was the Thank best you. one last week.